0: On today's show, Damian Lillard makes his Milwaukee debut and he steals the show. He's hitting shots in the first half, he's hitting clutch buckets in the fourth, and Milwaukee pick up a 118-117 win over the Philadelphia 76ers to get the season started. There's so much to talk about. The first time we've seen Giannis and Dame together in the regular season, and you start off the season with a win. Not a bad way to get things going.
1: Max him down, Giannis into the lane a spinning fading shot up down.
0: Locked On Bucks, my name's Kane Pittman and after today you might never see me again. And alongside me is the founder of and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that's brought to you by Dave. Download Dave today at dave.com slash LockedOnNBA. You could get up to 500 bucks in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. And we do thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every day because I'm out of here after today. But Camille Davis and Justin Garcia and Frank Madden are continuing the show. And if the first game of the season is based on anything we're going to see moving forward, I would say it's going to be a pretty fun season to be uh, locked on bucks. So make sure you subscribe, turn the notifications on, get in the comments section and stay involved in the show. And I have a feeling there's going to be lots of uh, comments tonight after Damian Lillard goes absolutely berserk in his first podcast. Frank, it is my last show. And we're going to hold back the tears. And I said to you beforehand, I said, we are not talking about that. We're going to start with Damian Lillard. And let's be honest, there's always a little bit of extra juice if you're playing the Celtics, you're playing the Sixers, you're playing the Miami Heat. So when you get the Sixers in the first game of the season, it's a little bit heightened. And we wondered if there was going to be rust for Damian Lillard. I would say 39 points (laughs) to get things started was pretty damn nice to see.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think a friend of the pod, Ryan Connor, uh, a real genuine fella, uh, shot me a stat earlier this afternoon that I think in Dame's like last three uh, openers, he's averaged like 16 points on 32% shooting or something, you know, (laughs) abysmal like that. And so I I had already been thinking, you know, people have been kicking the Sixers so much, you know, with the Harden distraction and all that and there's obviously like long-term blow-up potential with the Sixers you know if things don't go well but I you know like they were they had the best record in basketball the last what like 70 games of the season last year and I mean we've seen it I mean this team has surprised the Bucs in Milwaukee they've beaten them obviously in Philly this has been a team that the Bucs have had some success against but this has been also a team that's obviously shown it can beat the Bucs and I I just had that feeling, you know, like we knew that the storyline coming into this game, Dame and Giannis together, home opener, like the crowd was going to be amazing. The hype was going to be off the charts. And it just felt like, okay, Harden's not there. There's no distraction from James Harden being like, you know, on the bench in the game, literally not even allowed on the plane. Um, (laughs) By the way, if someone had had like, if if there had been a a James Harden lookalike who like ran around the lower bowl with some luggage it would have been just like the best uh <laughs> bag ever so <clears throat> game ops a note for next time um but i was totally like man th- it was totally set up for like tyrese maxi to have a huge game and you uh-huh. know dame to have like some first game like rust and we you know he's like working his way into shape I mean, Giannis is working his way into shape so it would have it would have been like totally like you know kind of to me as a, as you know, a long time, still somewhat paranoid Bucks fan, the idea of them kind of laying an egg or, you know, just not quite being there, not quite being um, sharp in, in the first game of the season would not have shocked me at all. And certainly, you know, like they go out, they had an 18 point lead, 19 point lead, mainly because of Dame Lillard and that explosive run he had in the first half. And then, you know, they had kind of double digit leads at various points in the third quarter but when they hit that dry spell in the fourth quarter, you know, Giannis is bricking jump shots, turning the ball over. They go down 102-94, and it's just like, damn, you know. I think it was 94 to 88. Philly rips off this big run, and it just feels like, man, that that was deflating. And before we get to Dame and his 14 points in the last four minutes or whatever it was, which was just an incredible, you know, entry point into the Milwaukee Bucks universe. Brooke Lopez gets left open for a wide open three Bucks had been, I don't know how many minutes without a field goal, without a point at that point knocks down an open three. I think it was the very next possession. Jay Crowder who I thought was really solid tonight, you know, playing more minutes because Chris Milton was on a minutes limit and only played 16 minutes tonight because they're kind of easing him back. So Jay Crowder had to play a lot of minutes. I thought he looked really solid. He had a really good defensive possession. And ends up hitting a huge three to make it 102 100. And then from there, obviously, Bucks go on a run, <laughs> Sixers go on a run. And it kind of was that like classic NBA game. And ultimately, fittingly, you know, the Sixers did their best to play spoilers. But we kind of saw, I mean, this was not like a perfect game from Damian Lillard, right? I mean, you look at the box score, he's going to have much better games than, <laughs> than this. You know, sorry, Eastern Conference, but Dame is going to have. You know, much better games than this, I Love more efficient games than we saw tonight. You know, his box score line at the end of the night, 9 for 20 from the field, 4 of 12 from 3, 4 assists, um, 8 rebounds, but 17 of 17 from the line. We talked about this when the acquisition was made that, you know... Especially if you're thinking about, like, how does this change the the dynamic of the Bucks' offense, Drew Holiday out, as good as Drew's been, especially in the regular season, he's never been a guy that gets the free throw line. That's actually been like one of his most obvious weaknesses in spite of his like incredible physical gifts. Dame is not a guy you think of as being like super physically gifted or, you know, strong or anything like that. But he's just really crafty. And to go 17 of 17 from the free throw line in his first game, Obviously, he draws the huge foul at the very end to kind of seal it, give the bucks a four point lead. And you know four of twelve from three, again, he's gonna shoot have much better shooting nights than that. But we saw a couple times just, I mean his ability to pull up from really long range is something that just very few guys in this league can do. He's the best thirty foot plus shooter in the nba the stats say that again I, i'm not trying to be sacrilegious stuff curry <laughs> is is, is going to be the greatest shooter of all time but dames hit more 30 footer shot better from that range than anybody and the shot he hit tonight it wasn't quite you know it felt like kind of like the dagger it wasn't maybe it wasn't quite the dagger but i think it gave them a five point lead with you know under two minutes to go he pulls up and hits that really long three i mean that is, I w- I was waiting, you know, I was waiting for the the wrist tap for Dame. He's kind of was like, you know what, I'm not I'm not going to go there in the game one, right? Eh, you know, I'm having an awesome game, but I'm not going to go there quite yet. But um, but yeah, he just we saw kind of the dynamic nature of his offense. We saw him get to the rim at times, use his quickness to attack. Um, you know, the, the pick and rolls where Bigs had to come out on him. We saw him be able to pull up from three. And uh, you know, I think the 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 most kind of consistently dynamic thing we saw was that v action where you see two guys screening really you know really high from the zone. yeah dame's got options to go right go left um you know we saw a stretch in the first half where he had one play where he drove right i think it was right at Embiid, got a layup he had another one where he drove in then pulled up on him beat another one where he pulled up for a three got a little friendly roll. but so it's kind of like showing you like the three level scoring that he's capable of and then again just the ability like it, it's not like he's like a you know like a foul grifter like a james harden you know Houston Rockets vintage or something, but he just knows how to lean into guys. He knows how to force defenders to get into bad spots and, you know, give him contact that he can use to draw fouls. And you saw a perfect example on that last play um where he got the foul, the, the kind of game ceiling free throws. So, yeah, I mean, it was the story. You know, okay, a game winning shot might have been a little more storybook ending, but you couldn't have architected really a, a better demonstration of what he can mean to this bucks offense especially late in games than what we saw tonight so um you know 10 out of 10 no notes uh excited for kind of everything to come after this but uh, obviously great to see him deliver in game one and you know it would have been annoying if he has like a bad game one and they lose right like then it's like ah, uh, you know but to, to come out and have just a monster game kind of break the ice here in in the home opener deliver a big win and be the star of the night. Um, Pretty damn cool for obviously a franchise that um, has had a very splashy summer. And obviously uh, getting Dame's great, signing Giannis is amazing. But now that we actually get to play basketball,
0: like this is what we all have been waiting for to actually see it on the court. And he had his first Dame Lillard outburst, which came in the second quarter. So uh, of course you want the Bucks to win, but I feel like there was a level of satisfaction from seeing that for the first time when he went crazy in the second quarter. The free throws is a good point. So you have 26 free throw attempts between Lillard and Giannis. I know Giannis probably didn't shoot the way most people would like from the free throw line, three for nine. But overall, you get the 26 attempts. And Chris Middleton didn't play a lot tonight. So when I was seeing Damian Lillard get fouled behind the three-point line, I was thinking, between Middleton and Lillard, do the Bucs have the best two three-point shooting Foul drawing players in a league, probably, and and you're right. They, they don't they don't go out there and you, you wouldn't call Chris Milton a guy that's grifting for fouls either. But they just naturally get those uh, foul calls. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. The point I want to get to now as we move into the Yanis and Dame wider conversation is that first outburst from Dane came with Yanis off the floor. And I think this is one of the cool things about tonight because it wasn't perfect when they were both on the floor and it wasn't perfect when it was just Giannis. Of course, Chris wasn't there. So I want to get into that stuff next because I think there's a lot of upside if you're a Bucks fan. But first, uh, new sponsor of the podcast, Dave. Welcome on board. At one time or another, we all need a little financial help. That's why Dave is great. Dave can get you extra cash when you need a hand between paychecks and can help you build credit. By settling extra cash advances on time. Dave is the banking app that's leveling the financial playing field. When you download Dave, you could get up to 500 bucks in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. It's part of Dave's extra cash account. Advance the money you need with no interest and then settle up later. So download Dave today at Dave.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's Dave.com slash on MBA. You can get up to 500 bucks in five minutes or less. No credit check, no late fees. Download the Dave app now or go to dave.com slash locked on MBA. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Eligibility criteria and instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve, member, member, FDIC. And don't forget about Jace Medical. The sponsor of the podcast they've been with us for a while and we know uh sometimes uh, there is a lot of uncertainty in the world and it's important to be prepared and the jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your unique needs uh, so there's different medications there you speak to a doctor they work through it there's an evaluation and you can get the advice you need uh, along the way there as well. Uh, also, gift cards. I don't know if that's something that interests you, but you can do that for the family as well. So go to jacemedical.com and enter the code LOCKEDON at checkout for a 20 buck discount on your order. That's promo code LOCKEDON at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. Locked on Bucks rolls on here. The Bucks beat the Sixers 118, 117. But there is a back-to-back coming up in short order here as well. And Camille Davis and Justin Garcia are going to have you covered on Locked on Bucks. So make sure you subscribe, turn the notifications on. And hopefully we see some more magic from Dame and Giannis as well, which is where I want to go to right now, Frank. So I mentioned uh, just before that the Dame Lillard explosion happened when Giannis was on the bench. And it's interesting Because of those reasons, and then Dame was on the bench and the minutes didn't go so well. It's funny to see, Giannis still has 23 points, 13 rebounds. He was 10 for 22 himself, so not the most efficient night. Did have the seven turnovers. But Giannis is minus 13 on the box score. Dame is plus 14. Now, the reason why you loved what you saw from Dame tonight for me is because it wasn't a perfect night for Giannis. There was a little bit of frustration there, but there always is when he's going in this one-on-one matchup with PJ Tucker and Joel Embiid. So sometimes it looked like Giannis was maybe forcing it a little bit. Uh he's still obviously working through what it looks like with Dame. And also, let's be honest, this is the first time that Giannis has had to play with an absolute superstar player going berserk as well. So he probably wanted to play well. So it looked like he was um, as I said, maybe forcing it a little bit. But these are the types of games we've seen in the past against the Sixers where if Giannis is having one of those nights where he's not at peak efficiency everything just falls to pieces and they, they definitely are not able to withstand them in the minutes when he's on the bench. So Giannis is clearly going to be better. Um, but I think uh, we saw, we still so much room for these two to get better on the floor together. Uh, I, th- I think that it's obviously a positive that the Bucks got the win. We did see Giannis screening a lot more. I know that's been a to- topic of conversation on social media over the last few weeks.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there were some, you know, fourth quarter jump shots from Giannis that, you know, you maybe want back, but <clears throat> um, I think Dame talked about it after the game that, you know, Giannis was encouraging him. And, you know, at the end of the game, it, it was Dame, it was Dame time, right. It was the ball in his hands. Um, and it was him, you know, having the opportunities to, to be the decision maker and to make plays. And especially without Chris Middleton, obviously, you know, there, there's let's, let's say an obvious choice and uh, you know, a couple of interesting kind of spells rotation wise. I think, uh, you know, I called it out in the second quarter. There was that period where Dame was on the bench and Chris, who obviously, you know, I think he played 12 minutes in the first half and only four in the second half. Um, I was, I was pinging with, with our friend, Eric name to ask, like, is there a reason Eric you know, Chris only played four minutes in the second half. Like you'd expect maybe a little more balance between those two. So um, I think, uh, Adrian Griffin said that that was just about right for him as far as time. So hopefully that there's nothing to read into that there. But uh, but yeah, there was a spell there in the second quarter where it was basically Giannis and you know I, I forget exactly who was out there with him, but essentially no Dame, no Chris. Um, I don't even know if Campaign was out there for for a period. It was like Beasley, maybe Beasley Crowder, you know Portis or or Lopez, whatever. Um, and it just it just looked like kind of rough. And you know I mean unfortunately like that's. That's one of the limitations that we've seen from kind of these Giannis-led units the last year. Like, I just kind of did a quick look on cleaning the glass. I mean, lineups without Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, or Joe Ingles, who obviously was a really important ancillary playmaker last year, You know, Giannis lineups in those scenarios were like 11th percentile in terms of offense, right? I mean, they were, they're bad, right? And so, you know, this is kind of one of these things. I'm, I'm curious to see what it's going to be like over the course of the regular season with Chris out for extended periods last year, you didn't really have much choice when drew was, was on the bench that, you know, obviously you'd want to stagger him and Giannis a fair bit. So there had to be fairly extended periods where Giannis was, you know, the, the one offensive focal point on the floor and he was handling the ball a lot and trying to like make stuff happen. And obviously he can do that to an extent, um, yeah. but there are just limitations to it. And I think, especially on a night like tonight, or, you know, he just didn't have his best game. And I think Philly did a nice job kind of clogging and and kind of, you know, I'm not gonna say what people always say, you know, building that W A L L. Um, but you know, I thought they did a pretty good job. And as you mentioned, like Embiid's very capable of making it hard on Giannis when they're one v one, and PJ's, you know, really annoying and and no has always known. I mean, there's how to so many games. well. games. Yeah, it, 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 they were yeah. going
0: back and forth and beads on the floor every three seconds. And like you, you get frustrated watching it on TV. So if you're Giannis, it, it's hard not to get caught up in that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, th- I thought it was also interesting though from Giannis, I mean, that the, there was the period where they struggled, you know, I think in the first half, Giannis was like minus four and Damon and Chris were like both like plus 20 or something like that, which felt like actually like a pretty, you know, plus, my single game plus minus is always extremely noisy, but it felt like that was actually a pretty accurate reflection of the way the first half went, you know, when Dame was out there, he felt, felt like he had space and you know, he wasn't worried about, you know, getting the ball to Giannis or whatever, and kind of played a bit more free a bit more like he's used to playing to be honest, right. The last few years in, in Portland where he didn't really have another guy that that could share the load that he had to kind of spread the ball around to. Um, but we know obviously that for this team to be a title winner um, to maximize what they have, Obviously, they're going to have to figure out how to coexist and how to really weaponize, you know, the dynamism of playing those two guys together and pick and rolls and stuff. Um, I thought it was interesting. I mean, I don't know if I don't know if Giannis scored off a signal, like scored a basket on a layup or sorry, scored a basket on a pick and roll all preseason with with Dame. But the first basket of this game was a nice um, find and, and kind of swooping finish from Giannis. Um, after catching it on the short roll past Embiid. So it was nice to kind of get that that out of the way early. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I think it it is going to be a process. And, you know, I think Giannis is going to have to learn how to defer more, be more patient. Um, And, you know, honestly, it's going to, I think, open up. He's, I mean, the thing is, like, with him setting screens, like, he's probably going to be the guy who benefits the least from his pick-and-roll game Mm -hmm. with Dame. It's probably going to be other guys who benefit more than him. Um, although I thought it was interesting, I mean, Malik Beasley played 31 minutes and took four shots, you know, here's a guy who averages 11 three pointers per 36 minutes. He took one in 31 minutes. Um, so it was interesting, right? Like he was joking all preseason about how he's never seen so many open shots, but, you know, Philly really did not, um, did not let the bucks kind of work the ball around much. They only took 30 threes overall as a team. Dame took 12 of those uh and you know obviously part of that's chris middleton only playing six minutes he he was two for five including one for three from three four assists and a plus 14 uh but i thought that was that was a little bit interesting right obviously we know the let it fly budenholzler era bucks um i don't know that you know adrian griffin is trying to have guys not shoot threes uh but something that's worth monitoring i think i think they had eight games like where they took thirty or fewer threes. So it's pretty atypical for them to only take uh thirty threes in a game. But uh, but yeah, I thought offensively they're gonna have to figure some stuff out. Um, but I mean you remember last year too they won the game in Philly on opening night and
0: yeah Frank's actually frozen.
1: Probably uh, doing, is
0: doing a mean mug right now. Oh, he's back. <laughs> I think he's back. You've been, you were frozen doing the, an absolute mean mug, which is, oh. we knew that you were going to throw, we knew yeah. you were going to freeze at least one, one last time on this podcast. So to do it with that face feels, feels right.
1: Yeah. You're welcome. Or apologies, depending on uh, how much you <laughs> find that funny or not. But, um, but yeah, just uh, as far as Giannis goes, I mean, the offense, I think again, as you said, it'll come around. The free throw shooting was, hard to watch and you know again wh- we have to hope it won't be as big a roller coaster as it was last year but who knows right um but i thought i thought honestly his defense was probably the most interesting part in many ways of of what we saw from Giannis tonight and you know two steals two blocks you know i think we talked about preseason that with the new emphasis from adrian griffin on being aggressive trying to force turnovers like i thought Giannis's kind of steals and blocks would would rebound this year and but I thought the most interesting thing was Giannis defending Joel Embiid for a pretty extended period in the third quarter, um, and you know he basically just took the ball from him at one point, went down oh, yeah. the other way for a dunk, um, kind of crowded him, forced a turnover. I think the Sixers had like like four straight turnovers at one point uh, during that period but the flip side was he had three fouls and I just kept sitting there thinking like, man, how long are they going to push their luck with this? Because Brooke Lopez is on the floor, right? Like Brooke Lopez is, is out there. He's just not guarding. Uh, he's, I think he was guarding PJ. So he's kind of, you know, drifting off PJ a little bit in the corner. And I was just like, man, like Embiid is going to go hunting a foul here. Like how long are they going to like push their luck with Giannis trying to defend Joel? And sure enough, you know, Joel griffs his way to a foul and, you know it's, this is also just a challenge Giannis has had like he's always kind of had like again like it's almost like a, the Thanassus thing where he's just like too amped up too too physical kind of too aggressive defensively when you know he probably needs to be a bit more careful so he picks up his fourth foul and was gonna go to the bench and basically had to talk Adrian Griffin into letting him stay on the floor for another period but um but yeah it's it's interesting i mean i think I fully expect we're going to see more of Giannis defending other teams, best players. I wouldn't necessarily say that I expect it to be, you know, 285 pound centers uh, all that often, but in this case it was, and it, you know, it actually kind of Giannis had a good little stretch in the start of the third quarter when that happened before, before he picked up the foul. So, um, so we'll see. I don't think there was, you know, I'm very curious to watch some of the defensive stats, the first, you know, 10, 15, 20 games, um, you know, sixers, 35 threes threes attempted tonight, which is, you know, not not a huge number, but they hit 16. So the fact that they were able to, Bucks were able to kind of weather that good three-point shooting obviously is encouraging, but they were great on the defensive glass tonight. Only four offensive rebounds allowed to Philly tonight. Um, And, you know, I mean, you look at Embiid, only eight free throws for Embiid. We've always talked about... Uh, the Bucks and and that they're going to probably foul a lot more this year than certainly under Bud, given how much of an importance that Bud put on not fouling. But they doubled Embiid a lot, only eight free throw attempts. He was only three for eight and, you know, 24 points on 21 shots. You know, again, both of those kind of super duper star big guys Junnis and, and Embiid, I think were a bit subdued tonight. Um, both had seven turnovers. So they kind of canceled each other out to an extent, but ultimately, obviously, one team had Dame and, and the other did not.
0: And we did see uh, the Bucs, and they didn't necessarily have much success in the perimeter with Tyrese Maxey, but we did see, you know, the nine steals, and MarJon Bucsian's spot in the rotation was interesting. He came in in the second quarter. I want to discuss that a little bit because I think things, as you pointed to, they're going to change when Middleton plays more, and probably campaign, I, I assume as well, did not play much tonight at all. So we'll get to the rotation stuff and plenty more after we talk about price picks, And uh, Price Picks have been with us for a long time, and we know it's really simple to play. You can make your picks on over and unders and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. And for the NBA, we're talking uh, points, rebounds, steals, and blocks, which Frank just mentioned with Giannis there, a couple tonight, uh, which could be handy to look at moving forward. So uh, with the Price Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football games. Uh, for example, top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PricePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. So go to pricepix.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's pricepix.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. That's pricepix daily Fantasy. Frank, we've discussed Mahjong Beauchamp a lot in the offseason, and we wanted to get a watch on this rotation because this, I believe, was the first time the Bucs have really had all hands on deck and Middleton starts. So we'd seen Jay Crowder sort of playing that Middleton role a little bit in the starting lineup. Beasley did start, as was assumed. Uh, so Crowder moves into the closing lineup at the end with no Chris Middleton. And, it worked okay because he hit that big three that you mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast there. But so Bochamp comes in in the second quarter and he, he plays 16 minutes, which is an interesting number because you are going to see, I uh, well, we certainly hope, more than from Chris Milton. He plays the 16 minutes tonight and I mentioned campaign only played the eight. Uh, Bochamp was on the floor during the second quarter when the Bucks went on that blitz with Damian Lillard going crazy. And Bochamp was able to benefit from that just by getting out, by running in transition, and it felt like momentum plays. Everyone was feeding on that energy. that They got a couple of steals and they were able to score down the other end. And I think this is something that we've wondered a little bit with know, How is he going to fit with the starters when he's playing with the better players? We saw a little bit more of that tonight. He had a few possessions defending Tyrese Maxey. And look, I was watching this game and I was just thinking to myself, I don't know whether this is going to be the best game to make any assumptions about the Bucks perimeter defense because even when they had Drew Holiday, Tyrese Maxey has torched the Bucs in the past. They just don't have anyone that seems to be able to stay in front of this guy. So I didn't, you know, take any any drastic uh, reactions from that tonight. Um, but you know, I, I thought Bojan was solid in his minutes tonight, and that's all you're going to be asking if he's playing with the better players.
1: Yeah, I mean, we, we kind of knew it from preseason what the kind of core rotation was going to look like, the, the kind of top nine guys. And so I think the obvious question that we had was, okay, so, you know, is is Adrian Griffin going to play 10-11 guys? Like, what's going to be his preference? You know, are we going to see, like, any of Robin Lopez? Um, I think we assumed, like, probably not a lot of Robin Lopez. And, you know, the fact that we didn't see him tonight in spite of, you know, Brook had, I think, a little bit of foul trouble in the first half. Um, you know, the fact that that we didn't see any of Robin against a guy like Lopez, I think is or a guy like Embiid is probably a good indicator that, you know, Robin's not gonna figure into the night to night rotation when healthy too often. Uh but yeah, I think I thought it was interesting to see Bochamp, you know, pretty early in the game, uh get his opportunity, to be that tenth guy ahead of, you know, Andre Jackson Jr., probably, right? Which which we assumed because he's yeah. kind of been getting minutes earlier than than Andre. All through preseason, so not really, I'd say, a big surprise that he would get kind of the first chance to prove himself in the regular season as well. And yeah, I mean, I think again, like he, you know, he's got really good feet in terms of just being able to keep opponents in front of him defensively, and you know, again, good athleticism, size, et cetera. Um, and was able to again use, you know, one of the few good guys, that, you know, when we think about the Bucks have added that actually wants to get out and run, run the floor. Um, I will add my usual complaint that he had two layups, both of them, I would have really expected him to go off one foot and kind of just go up and dunk. And he kind of, you know, conjured up a reason to go off two feet and finish, but, but he finished, he finished both of them. So that's fine. Uh, including the second one past uh, Embiid with his left hand. So no, no complaints really, I guess, but you know, maybe learn how to (laughs) jump off one foot, um, so we'll see. I think. I think the the one you know kind of thing a couple times trying to get over screens. Like to me, that's the the issue, kind of his biggest issue defensively is he just hasn't figured out how to really kind of make himself skinny and and get over screens as well as as he's probably going to need to if he wants to be a really good defender in the NBA. But you know he's obviously just still second year guy, so there's still a learning process that that he's kind of going through. So nice to see him get a chance. Um, and had a couple, you know, nice little moments. Um, but I don't know. Like, I, it's funny. I think back to two years ago, Ring Night. Remember Jordan War on Ring Night? Had, like, a great game against the Nets. Like, blocked KD at one point. Again, right? Like, it's thing we talked about with Marjohn, um in the preseason. Consistency, right? We know Marjon can have very good games. Um, in the preseason, it was, like, every odd-numbered game he was really good. And every even-numbered game... <laughs> He was really bad so uh if he can just be kind of more consistent night to night on both ends um obviously that would uh that would really help his odds of of being a regular rotation player but the fact that he got a chance you know on opening night with the team fully healthy um at least in terms of like availability uh you know you look at his 16 minutes if you know chris is healthy does marjan just not play at all maybe right or maybe jay crowder just sees fewer minutes but um I mean this is this is what it is for young players. You you get opportunities, you just have to take advantage of them. And I think you know, tonight was you know net positive for, for Marjon overall. So something to build on and uh oh, the next game is even numbered Kane. Let's let's see if he can <laughs> snap his his streak of bad even numbered games uh this weekend.
0: It's true, but you go preseason game number five yeah. into regular season number one. So it's that's been back, true. To back. Yeah, that's say, back to back. And I will say generally you know my sense with Mahjong is that if in the past and this has been a little bit of my concern because I don't think it's going to be his role is that when you've walked away and said oh, Mahjong was pretty good tonight he's had twelve points and he's hit like three threes so yeah. tonight the fact that he only attempted one didn't hit it and it didn't feel like he needed to hit threes or score to uh, to be you know pretty decent so obviously the the five guys who didn't play Anthony and Robin probably expect it and the three young guys. You know, AJ, Chris Livingston, and then Andre Jackson Jr. kind of feels, I don't know, I'm making assumptions here. We haven't seen a lot of him, but he kind of feels like he's just going to be the ready man if they need someone in this, in, you know, halfway through a second quarter. Maybe they're struggling here in this back to back. And that will be the interesting thing if it changes now on a back to back. I'm just going to go ahead and assume because Chris Middleton played 16 minutes that he's not going to play in this back to back over the weekend or Sunday night, Monday night. So we'll see. Uh, how that plays out there?
1: Uh, we'll, frankly, we'll get one game. We'll get one game from him, right? I, I would agree. Yes. I probably wouldn't expect to see to see him in both games, but hopefully, again, who knows what this ramp looks like? But I mean, hopefully, he'll be playing. I don't know, 20, 25 minutes more than sixteen would be nice. So,
0: I would think so. Yeah, I did. I know. I saw what Adrian Griffin said pre-game about Chris Milton. He wouldn't say how many minutes he was going to play, and I did find myself, you know, watching in the second half. And just there were some possessions where I was just like looking for Chris in the bench. Yeah, go, yeah, I know. It was kinda so like, you
1: know. man, that'd be really nice to have Chris Mills. Right yeah. Now.
0: And it just didn't happen. Which which is why again, I know it's not like Philadelphia were at full strength. You know, who knows what's gonna happen there. Um, but it just feels like it's just nice to get the win. Eighty two and zero is still on and uh and you weren't really close to firing on all cylinders, albeit you get thirty nine from Dame. So I think there's gonna be obviously plenty of upside for this bucks team let us know what you thought about the game any final thoughts before we just say hey uh frank you got any like any great memories you want (laughs) to discuss about me or something like that
1: (laughs) no we're good end of podcast Well, we will catch you all oh oh okay i gotta say i gotta say so yeah i think i don't think i have any other uh basketball related topics kane but i do have I do have some some non-basketball-related topics for, for anyone who, who has been with us for the last few years and uh, wants to indulge us a little bit.
0: Well, I will say it is going to be bizarre, and I, I'm curious because a lot of people say, you know, and sometimes they're just like, oh, well, you, you just do a podcast every day or whatever. But w- when you have to do it five days a week, well, you don't have to. I'm, pa- I'm paid to do it, to be clear. <laughs> but when you do it five days a week, you just get into the habit of waking up, and it's like, What are we talking about today? Who am I podcasting yeah. with today? Is there a game on today? Like, and just everything is centered around that. So, I am curious next week if I just get to the afternoon here in Australia and I'm just like, Well, better fire up the latest episode <laughs> of Locked Us and see what they're talking about. <laughs> Will I like start jumping into YouTube comments and just hurling abuse or just going, This is terrible? I, I was.
1: I was gonna say, I think I I was gonna say, like, wouldn't it just be sad uh, if you like just turned into a YouTube troll against us? Um, That would be that would be sad. Uh, But uh, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think I feel like Kane, you're gonna get that hankering to talk a little bucks, and then the good news is you can just message us, and then we'll have you on, and we'll talk about the bucks, and it'll be it'll be fun. You can you can be in the opposite chair. You won't have to do you know all the ad reads and, and all that stuff. And probably most importantly, you won't, you will no longer be obligated to like, actually like edit and upload and produce the podcast, which is what you do. And which of course, you know, when people ask me about podcasts and stuff like that, I always just tell them, like, I, I just show up a couple times a week. I blather aimlessly for, you know, 35 to 40 minutes when, you know, David Locke tells us it should be 20 to 25. Uh, and then, you know, I go on with my day, and and then I find I wait for you to tweet out, you know, the link or whatever it is. So, uh, so I've had the I've had the easiest job, the most fun job of anyone on this podcast, just because I just get to, you know, basically talk with my friends about basketball, and <laughs> it's uh it's a privilege that uh, that you guys listen to this and to people who are still listening to us, uh we appreciate it, and um and yeah, it's just uh what how many. What was the count, Cain? What's the final count on Kane Pittman Locked on Bucks episodes? It was over a 1,000, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. We've, we've topped a 1,000, which you, know, you you think about how many podcasts we've done, Frank. So let's just say that the average podcast 30 to 40 minutes. And if you've done around 1,100, I mean, you're talking like over 500 hours, <laughs> if my math is anything uh, close to right there, over 500 hours of... And actually, by the way, people don't know this. When I started doing the podcast, we weren't doing YouTube. We used to just yeah. do Zoom calls and not even look at each other, just you know, who knows, you know, with maybe maybe if you were in the middle of a real rant, maybe I just like went and boiled the kettle and poured myself a cup of tea and came back and seen where you're at. I don't know. But then we moved to YouTube and that's, you know, when the show changed and I, I pushed back on YouTube because I was like, I don't want people, what do people want to look at our heads for 40 minutes? Like, it's ridiculous to me. So, <laughs> I, I so I sort of held off. I held off for as long as we could possibly hold off. And the thing that surprised me is, it's like a complete different audience like it hasn't yeah. changed the audio numbers or anything like that so yeah, it turns out the people that run the company know what they're doing i guess that's uh, i guess that's the overriding message here
1: yeah i mean it's uh the the, the one motivation you have to to shower each day is because you know you're gonna <laughs> yeah, have to right. have to go on camera and and uh and talk to people but um i mean we i feel like we're obligated to to talk about our favorite memories um i will i will go the easy route um, and, and this is, you know, everyone will know who, who's listening to the pod will know what night I'm going to think of. Everyone who doesn't listen to the pod can probably also guess which night is our most memorable. But it has to obviously be the night of game six, 2021, July 20th, uh, 2021. Uh, I got to see the game. You know, you guys are probably sick of hearing me talk about it. Well, no, you're Bucks fans, whatever. We all enjoy <laughs> the nostalgia. Uh, get to see the game with my dad you know, out of body experience, just sitting in like the back row of the upper deck, like every basket throwing my fist up in the air and like yelling, you know, the emotions of the last like minute, you know, I don't, can't, I don't know what it was like for you. Obviously I'm everybody I think was, was going through it in the last minute as like, you come to this realization that like they're winning this championship. Right. And when Giannis, raises his arms up and starts asking the crowd to cheer, you know, when they were shooting free throws in the last, whatever, 20 seconds or whatever it was. Um, Yeah. It was just like this emotionally overwhelming thing. And then it was a little weird. Cause then like, you know, <laughs> you stay there and you get to see the trophy presentation. And it's just like, you know, this insane, like I, I just, you know, ear to ear smiles and just to, to be there for that moment, Um, you know, to watch it on TV, I'm sure it was also just like, out-of-body experience, Uh, and then I walked my dad to where my sister met us to pick him up, and then I, you know, ended up meeting up with various groups of friends the rest of the night, but, of course, made time I walked to the Schlitz Park, because I was one of the few places that was quiet enough, and got on the phone with you, I had my AirPods and my phone, and, uh, you know, you called me via the Zoom, and uh, (laughs) we recorded the, you know, the worst quality podcast of my time, uh certainly the audio quality sucks i've listened to it a couple times uh when i felt nostalgic uh but uh yeah i mean to uh to try to put into words that night and the culmination of what that meant for all of us as fans and you know for the two of us to have podcasted you know a thousand times and have it pay off with to seeing the team that we've cheered for for so long to actually win a championship and what that means for you know the people that listen to this and our friends and all the friends we've made. Right. I mean, without the Milwaukee Bucks, like you're just a guy in Australia that I would never have met. (laughs) I mean, where are you without the Milwaukee Bucks, Kane? Like, are are you a sports journalist? Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know what what your answer would be to that. But it's just kind of uh, crazy how, you know, just these. For you, kind of a random attachment, right, a random team. There was no reason that you had to like the Milwaukee Bucks. but here we are now cosmically connected forever. And um, having had this shared experience that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just always, you know, the Bucks could go 0-81 the rest of the season and never win another championship, whatever. Like we'll always have, you know, the banner will always, will fly forever. And more importantly, the kind of just like the feeling of, of that time will, will last forever. And I, I don't I mean just, the other thing came too, I mean, just like th- that that whole run it was fucking exhausting. Like, I don't know what other forever people, but like, man, that was just an emotionally taxing run. And if they had not won, I don't even know how I would be operating right now. I don't know that I would still be podcasting right now. But man, what a run. Uh, probably certainly is my, from a sports fan perspective, the two most memorable months of my life. And um, I'm so glad that we got to kind of ride that ride that ride together go on that journey together because uh it was it was a lot of fun and it was exhausting but i think having these podcasts to talk it through and celebrate the wins cope with the losses it was um i don't know thinking about the Giannis knee injury game like <laughs> that was a coping night uh it uh something i uh, nothing will ever compare probably to, to that run right just because it was the first time that we'd experienced that level of success with the box
0: I assume and I've thought about this. I assume that every team and yeah, there's obviously some teams that are juggernauts and they go through and they win. But I assume most fan bases feel like, you know, they go through something on the way to a title and there has to be different levels to it. If you've experienced it before, I'm sure that changes it, which is why the run for the Bucks was so unique as as the first time in fifty years. But you know, if I think and I might just be making this up in my head now, but if I think about, you know, the stress levels of uh where I, my head was at during that run i think it peaked at game seven against brooklyn because there, there was just like no we've seen game sevens before and like i was like geez it'd be cool if they win but i didn't think that they were going to win like i just didn't think that they were going to do it on the road against durant the whole scenario so then the fact that it just kept done dragging on, and I've watched the game before, and it is unbelievable. It's like even if you know what's going to happen in this game, you will be like stressed out to the max watching this game. And so because of the way it went, and then because of the fact that it went to overtime, it's like they can't win this game. And they win it, and what was the score in overtime? Like 4-2 to two or 5-2 to two or something <laughs> yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. And it's like the way that happened, now when you look back on it, you like, of course, there was the Giannis injury and there was other factors along the way. You're down 2-0 in the NBA Finals. But it felt like somehow getting over that hill was like what you had to do to to get, you know, over the hump together. So I remember, you know, before we podcasted that game, sort of like thinking about it before we podcast, like what the hell are we talking about right now? I don't really understand what I've just watched in this game. It feels ridiculous. And I think that we both felt like the Bucks won the title and then you're like, oh. In two days they've got game one against the hawks and they lost of course they lost because they were like us they were exhausted and not ready for another game
1: yeah i i think if you go back and like you know rank the the individual games from the 2021 playoffs i mean obviously game six in the finals is is number one but um you know i think for number two i mean game five was game five of the finals like probably is 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 that the second one for me mainly because it was just like played at such a high level like the shot making in that game really from both teams and we talked about it. i mean phoenix losing that game shooting like the splits that they had is like absurd um and the bucks just again they just made all the plays and knocked away and stolen by holiday alley-oop to slammed it uh and the foul so that's probably number two, but Brooklyn is is the other game that there it is uh, for those watching on YouTube. Kane's got the poster behind him, um, but yeah, Brooklyn I think was was the other game stands out, and I'll never forget. I was at my in laws' house watching that game and just kind of like pacing nervously the entire time. And uh, eventually, when it was like I think I think Brook Lopez shot free throws at the end, if I remember correctly. I think it was like six to two or something. Um, and I pulled my daughter over and. I was kind of holding her, and we were like cheering, and I've got like video of, <laughs> of the two of us like cheering as the kind of time ran out. But, um, but yeah, that 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 game was incredible, and and it did it did feel like it, it felt like a real accomplishment, which is in in a in a weird way is like you know the box, obviously anything short of a title would have been a disappointment that year, uh, but it was a huge thing to to get over that hump, especially going down two zero. Then losing the game um, to Durant to go down three two, and Chris Middleton has the monster game six, which you know kind of often gets sort of overlooked or forgotten to set up game seven. So yeah, it was just uh, that that series was just an absolute like war. You know, I mean, just uh, knock down, drag out. I mean, I just think of I guess it was game three, right? I think game three, Chris and Durant went back and forth in the last few minutes and, you know, without some of that Chris Milton shot making, you know, and, and Drew Holiday ultimately hitting that, that like kind of improvised, like weird late game layup, right? Like, we're not here with smiles on our faces probably, right? I mean, they could have won a title last year or year before <laughs> too, but, but, uh, but we wouldn't have, we would have been denied the 21, 21, 2021 experience. So, um, yeah, I will say this Kane. One thing we we I was thinking about other kind of podcasts we enjoyed doing. One thing we screwed up, we didn't do the over under pod this year. Yeah. We normally do the over under pod in the preseason. So that just kind of shows you had one foot out the door here Kane that you didn't you did. didn't bug me to do the uh to do the over under pod, but um but yeah, it's been it's been a riot and uh Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the funny part too is I mean, you know, I think what you was it I guess it was 1920 season is when you started potting locked on lockdown bucks right so four out of the five bud years right like the basically like the glory years of the milwaukee bucks you got to
0: i'm a bud loyalist still the bitter end frank <laughs>
1: <laughs> you got to uh ride the ride with us on lockdown bucks and uh yeah the game count uh man thousand thousand pods geez it's a lot of freaking podcasts and uh as we've kind of joked right i mean I think I talk to my wife more than you, Kane. But it's closer than it should be. (laughs) 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 Definitely, definitely there's there's no other person outside of like, you know, people that I'm on like work projects with or something like that. Right. Aside from my wife, my daughter, uh my five month old isn't quite really count at this point, but my kindergartner, my wife, and maybe at various points, people that I've been like on projects with at work, you know, that I talk to Uh every day. But other than that, Kane Pittman, you're my guy. You're the guy I talk to the most, and I uh, will have to figure out how to how to fill fill the void here, Kane. Well, now that we're not going to be podcasting for the world to consume, but I, I, I think uh, we'll we'll figure out a way. And I guess you can't say anything you you can't say anything yet about what's next for you. You're gonna wait a few more days, is that right?
0: Yeah, I'll wait a little bit, but a lot of people have asked, so all I will say is. Which is kind of weird that this is happening now because you know, one of the things that we've discussed, Frank, is that it, and people, some people probably don't know because again, we've got a new audience when we came to YouTube. But yes, I'm in Australia right now, but I was in Milwaukee for a season, a full season, and before I took over Lockdown Bucks, then I came back to Milwaukee for a second season and had to get sent packing in because of the pandemic. And I haven't been back since, so I did NBA playoff stuff last year, I was at the NBA finals, but I haven't seen the Milwaukee Bucks play live since their last home game before the league shut down, which was around Feb seven or something like that. They played the Pacers at home. So that's March 2020. So I'm gonna be in the US. I'll say that. I'm not gonna be in Milwaukee. But I'll be at a Bucks game at some point, I think pretty soon. I, I don't know when it's gonna be, but I'll be around. It's work. It's um it's good for me. I'm very excited. And uh I will pop in on Lockdown Bucks, there's no question, because Let's face it, I've texted you at weird times. I text Justin and Camille all the time last second just begging for help. So I owe them. They're going to have to do the same (laughs) for me. But I'm also going to enjoy watching Bucks games, not thinking about what do I need to talk about after this game. I'm just going to have a couple of brewskis sit down on the couch and enjoy watching the team. And It feels kind of fitting. I just wanted one Dame crazy game. To go out on a high. That was the other thing I didn't want the Bucks to lose. Oh for. god! If I'm they, su- yeah, if they I'm had selfish. lost tonight,
1: yeah, if they had lost tonight, that would have been that would have been a real buzzkill. But uh, thankfully, Dame is new to Milwaukee, but he he clearly understood the gravity of uh, of tonight's game for for lockdown Bucks. So shout out to uh, to Dame for for blessing us with that. Um, and yes, you're not you're not going to Milwaukee, but at some point,
0: I'll be there.
1: You will be back in Milwaukee. And we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll work out, you know, life, another live pod. Right. got to, got to figure out another live pod, get you stateside. Then, uh, suddenly many other things are possible. So, um, so we'll see.
0: We had about 120, 130 absolute sickos on a random Wednesday night in the middle of summer, so let's see how many we can get for an in-season live pod. It would be fun to be back there. So, uh, that's gonna happen. I'll be around, though, and uh, as you know, you can follow me on Twitter and all that kind of stuff. So, Frank, you're not going anywhere. I, I did tweet this the other day. <laughs> You'll never leave You are never leaving the podcast. So, Camille Davis and Justin Garcia taking over from Monday or from next week. I'm not going to tell you what their schedule is going to be. I slackened off in my last week only four pods, but we did get in a uh, last post-game show, and it looks like we've got in one last Frank Freeze for the road uh it has been a pleasure hopefully he comes back because i need to tell him that i'm I'm going to miss frank as well but uh look this is it we're calling it one last Nelly hour-long podcast for the road uh frank is frozen and I, i feel like it's almost fitting that we just end the podcast with frank absolutely not moving on youtube so it's been a pleasure uh drop your comments in the youtube section i'll get around everyone over the next few days and comment back and uh, I'll be in there myself talking about the Bucks as well. So the Bucks beat the Sixers 118-117. They are 1-0. and 0. Frank's frozen, but for Frank and Kane, we'll leave it there. Stick with lockdown, Bucs. Camille and Justin are going to take this show to new levels. We'll speak to you next time.